to, those of you who take notes, I want you to write down five words, okay? That's where we're going to start today. Um, notice under, there's going to be, see, see the word not five times there? I want you to give the five, I'm going to give you the second word that after, so it's uh, after not, I want you to write down each of these, these five words. So uh, let me get to my actual notes here and uh, we'll do this, okay? Here we go. Fear. That's the first one. Not fear. The second one is not cynicism. C-Y-N-I-C-I-S-M. Not cynicism. Not division. Not pleasure. And not gloom. Fear cynicism, division, pleasure, and gloom, okay? These are not on the screen here. So this week on my Apple News app, um, usually on a daily basis, I'll just kind of scan through the, the news and kind of aggregate stuff together, and you get like actually legit news all the way to like people wanting to tell you everything that's going on in celebrities' lives. It's just goofy stuff. But um, when you kind of put it all together, it's kind of overwhelming. Problems with China. Train derailment and chemical spill in, spill in East Palestine, Ohio. The war in Ukraine. Tried to find out how many had died, and there's no accurate numbers. Um, the U.S. last week said that they estimate 180,000 Russian soldiers and about 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died. The earthquake in Turkey and Syria, 46,000 dead so far. Politics. I'm not sure you need to say any more. Culture wars. Wokeism, LGBTQ plus agenda, climate concerns, drought, too much rain, fires, shootings. Do you realize that there were several students at Michigan State this last week that experienced a shooting at college and they had also experienced a shooting at their high school outside of Detroit? race issues. So last week they released a study on teen anxiety, especially in girls, teen girls, and suicidal ideation off the charts. Inflation, economic struggles. Now we get a little closer to home, job struggles. Health issues. We just prayed for a number of them. The death of loved ones. Isolation, loneliness, all kinds of relational issues, experiencing divorce, issues with kids, parents, in-laws, addictions, and I saved the best for the last in my world, and that's HOA problems, so, <laughs> hey, it can be up there, it really can. What do we do with all this? Maybe we just shut down church and I'll meet you at 
Golden Corral and we'll get some comfort food. <laughs> it might be effective but short-sighted. Fear. Cynicism. Division. Pleasure. And gloom. That's how the world wants us to respond to that. To live in that world. And the truth is, Sometimes we do need comfort. We need uh, some certainty. We need someone to say, it's going to be okay and here's why. We even need someone that we trust to say, I got this. I'll do this. Here's what you need to do. That's what Jesus is going to do in John 14. Turn your Bibles to John 14. Let me just quickly remind you of the context while you're turning there. John 13, verse 1 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So he's gathering his disciples together, knowing that he's headed to the cross. And he begins by washing their feet, telling them that they need to then do the same thing to each other. And they're like, I don't know about this, Jesus. Like this, this washing feet stuff, sure, really? And in the middle of all that conversation, he says, one of you is going to betray me. And we had that whole conversation about the, the morsel of bread, and, and, and Judas ends up walking out into the night. A few verses later, we read at the end of chapter 13, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also I say to you, where I am going you cannot come. Now, now put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. You've been living with this guy for three years thinking that he's going to be like the leader, like he's going he's gonna to take over, he's going to be in charge. And wait, wait, Jesus, where are you going? Like, like, this isn't the time to go anywhere. And then before he can even give them a chance to respond, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Remember, serve one another, now love one another. Just as I've loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And Simon Peter says, like, Lord, wait, wait, where are, you, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, oh, really? You're going to lay down your life for me? I'm telling you, the rooster is not going to crow until you've denied me three times. He doesn't even give him a chance to respond. We go right into 14. That's the backdrop. Lots of uncertainty. And really what here Jesus is saying is this, in, in chapter 14, I'll do my part, you do your part. I'll do the heavy lifting, you go along for the ride, but you do play a role in all of this. And so you'll see in your notes kind of two questions. One is, what are we supposed to do? And then what does Jesus do? What are we supposed to do? What does Jesus do? And they're not exactly parallel. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the passage and we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between those, answering those two questions. We've got five things that we're supposed to do that Jesus tells us in the passage. And there are six things that Jesus is doing that we'll see in the passage. So John 14, verse 1. Drop the mic. Okay. Sorry, Shauna. 
14.1. Let not your, what? Hearts be troubled. Let's pause there. Let not your hearts be troubled. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So right out of the gate, here's the two things, the starting point that, that you and I need to do. Disciples need to do, we need to do, and, and I'll, I'll put the word trust with this. We need to trust. Let not your hearts be troubled. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, like, trust God. But, but trust and belief go together. You, you can't separate those. So trust instead of fear, not fear. Believe, not Cynicism. Now, you could add a word, doubt there, or uh, I don't even know if this is true, but it just came to mind as I was writing this. Uh, Christian agnosticism, where there's this perpetual doubt, like, I don't know, I don't know, instead of this confidence in Christ of believing and trusting. Notice these are, these are commands. Let not your hearts be troubled, meaning don't be afraid. Believe. Believe. Well, what does Jesus do? Why can, why can he say this? I love this in um, verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I cannot pass, read those verses and not think of audio adrenaline. Come and go with me to my Father's house. Come and go with me to my Father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, a big, big table with lots and lots of food. It's a big, big yard where we can play football, a big, big house. It's my Father's house. Okay. Some of you have no idea of that song, but those of you that do, the illustration works. Okay. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, my Father's house has got all these rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will do what? Come again. And I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Now, before I give you the, the phrase here that what Jesus is going to do, uh, I want to make sure you understand what's going on here. This is the picture of a Jewish wedding. The way it would work is a couple would get betrothed, the bride-to-be would be at her home, and her job was to wait, but she needed to be ready because the, the, bride, the groom-to-be would go to his father's house and build their house connected to his, so there's a, as a communal living. I don't know how they survived being that close to their parents. I don't know how the greens do it, okay, they just... <laughs> Not for me, so okay, it's, teaches his own. But the, bride, the, the groom is working hard on this house because he wants to go get his bride. And when, so when the house is done, marches down to where he's at and he blows a trumpet, the, the gr bride and her, her, the rest of the, her, the bridesmaids, they all come out and they got a big kind of a wedding there. But, but one of the things I find most strange is they go back to the house First, they go inside and consummate the wedding, a marriage, while everybody's waiting outside. Then they come out, and they have a big feast together. That's how it works. And then they, they live near mom and dad. Folks, we're the bride. We're waiting for our Messiah to come and blow the trumpet. 
We come running out. We go to heaven. I don't know what consummation looks like in heaven, but I'm going to trust God. Then there's a marriage supper of the Lamb, and we enjoy that together. That's what this is all about. Jesus is going, leaving the disciples. He's left us, but he's coming back. And, and the truth is, he is with us forever. They live happily ever after. That's what we're going to look forward to. So even though sometimes we feel like, where's Jesus in all this? We have something to look forward to. He's coming back, and we're going to be with him forever. That's a part of trusting and believing because we have a future with Jesus. What do we tell new drivers? Keep your eyes where? On the road. Okay? You and I tend to, we, we want to look at the problems of the world. No, have that, that um, eschatological viewpoint, meaning last days. Look at Jesus and, and have your mind there. Trust and believe. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I'm going. You, you know how to get there. And Tom is like, no, 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 time out, Jesus, time out. Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. So, so how in the world do we know the way? We, we don't have GPS here. And Jesus said to him, guess what? I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you'd known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip says, Lord, show us the father, and, and it's enough for us. I mean, all you got to do is just show us the father. And you can just picture Jesus like, oh, Philip. In fact, when Jesus says your name, it's usually, he's, he, something's wrong. He says, uh, have, have I been with you so long and still do not know me, Philip? Because whoever's seen me has seen who? The Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, all this stuff I've been telling you, it's not from me, it's from the Father. The Father who dwells in me does his works. He does what he wants to do. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So Jesus first is, is going to be with us forever, that's one of the things he does, but the second one is he connects us to the Father. So what's our part? Trust and, and believe. Well, well, Jesus is saying he's the only way to the Father. My friends, there isn't one God that all religions lead to. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And that needs to be an anchor in our everyday thinking. An anchor in our everyday living is that Jesus is the one who connects us with the Father. Keeps going, verse 12. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, okay, he told him to believe, so those who believe in me will also do the works that I do. You can almost see the, the uh, brains of the disciples like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Because, paying attention. Because he says, and greater works than these will he do. The one who believes in Jesus is going to do greater works than Jesus. Wait, what's that all about? 
He says, because I'm going to the Father. In fact, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, there's a lot here. We're not going to spend a lot of time unpacking it, but I want you to see this. The third thing that Jesus does to encourage his disciples is he gives them a job to do. He's gives, and he, same for us, is he gives us a job to do. When do we struggle the most with fear, cynicism, division, pleasure, and gloom? It's when we're busy doing our own thing and not doing what Jesus wants us to do. What do they say? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. If we're not focused on what God has for us, we kind of not do the right thing. It's a phrase we use in church planting that says, the hound that's on the hunt doesn't worry about his fleas. So if a church is focused on reaching their neighbors for Christ, they're not going to fight about the color of the pews or whether you sing hymns or, or new stuff or things like that. It's because we're focused on the mission. Jesus has a, a job for us to do. The ESV Study Bible describes it this way. What, what are these greater works? that we're supposed to do. These greater works include evangelism and teaching and deeds of mercy and compassion. In short, the entire ministry of the church to the entire world beginning from Pentecost. And the reason they're greater is not because they're more amazing miracles than Jesus did, but because they will be greater in their worldwide scope and they will result in the transformation of individual lives and whole cultures and societies. Jesus leaves and says, I got a job for you to do. Let not your hearts be troubled. Get busy doing what you're supposed to do. So, so what's our response to that? Look at verse 15. He says, if you, you do what? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. There's really two, now we go back to us, what we're supposed to do. One is love. The next one is love. Now here it says, love me. So we've got to love Jesus. That's the vertical. But what did he say earlier in, in chapter 13? If, if you love me, you, you got to love each other. The vertical and the horizontal cannot be separated. So, so in times of trouble, love, not division. They did get something right coming out of the 60s and 70s, okay? That love, that, that's, that's, it's, I don't see a lot of love in our culture today. It's division, even within the body of Christ, love. But you also can't separate love from obedience. Obey. Do it his way. Now, I put the word not pleasure, but it's really not the best word for it. Maybe you can come up with another word, but here's what I mean by that. Anything we use to distract us or numb us from reality Entertainment, food, alcohol, sex, work, perfectionism, laziness, friends, isolation, worry. Now, everything I just listed actually has a positive side. They're all gifts from God. 
I mean, entertainment can just be rest, and food is obviously good. Alcohol can be fine within reason. Obviously, sex is good in marriage. Work, we need to work. Perfectionism, doing things well. Laziness is part of rest, just taking too far. Relationships, isolation, it's good to be alone sometimes. Worry, to care about things is good. But here's what we do. Uh, We're talking about abusing gifts because using the gift turns into abusing the gift when we worship the gift and not the giver. So Jesus says, I've given you these things. And we're like, okay, good. And when life gets tough, we jump to them and not to the Father. And then we just depend on them over and over again, and they become idols. And they become the direction where we go, instead of keeping his commandments, we actually abuse all the gifts that he's given us. We need to obey. Oftentimes there's this this sense in the world today like, well, I, I, I can't do that. That's too hard, Jesus. I need help. And Jesus says, funny you should ask. You do need help. Look at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Helper. To be with you how long? Forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. That's for sure. You know him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So something else that Jesus does, he leaves us the Holy Spirit. He's like, okay, God, you can send him now. He comes in a big and powerful way in the beginning of Acts. We get a helper, the Holy Spirit. Come back to that in a second. There's, there's, there's going to be more spirit stuff today and in the weeks ahead. Verse 18, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're not going to be by yourself. Okay, you're going to have the Holy Spirit. But he also says, I will come to you yet a little while and, all the, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. There's this beautiful part. In fact, this last week I had to write a paper on some um, how doctrine and counseling go together. And I had to, I had to write a page, a paper on, on the Trinity. I haven't thought the theological aspects of that in forever. I had to stop and think, what do I believe about all of that? And it was like, oh, yeah. I mean, three parts, one God. And they all work together. So, so here we're seeing the mix of all that. He says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by who? The Father, and I will love him. Jesus is saying that, and I will manifest myself to him. They're going to see me. So here's another thing that Jesus does. He loves us. Jesus loves us. Every time I I come across passages like that, I just know that someone in here today needs to hear that Jesus loves them. It feels trite. Jesus loves me. This I know. But there's so much there. Jesus loves you, my friend. Verse 22, Judas not Iscariot, (laughs) said to him, Lord, how how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and and not to the world? Like, how how are we going to see you but not the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Again, obedience. 
and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. How does he do that? It's the Holy Spirit. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Like, he's the one saying this. That's where the authority comes from. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the who? The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. The Holy Spirit's going to take everything we've been talking about and just continually remind you of it. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Later on, Paul's going to teach that, that you can quench that Holy Spirit. Like you can shut off the flow of the Holy Spirit by disobedience. This is kind of at the front end of it. Jesus saying, hey, that's the whole purpose behind the Holy Spirit. What I want you to see is 27. This is the biggie today. In fact, if there's one verse, it's this one today. Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says it again. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He gives us peace. He gives us peace. Notice two things here. One is the contrast between Jesus' peace and the world's peace. I'm not even sure the world's trying to give us peace anymore. Like, they, they love the opposite. But, but, hey, if you, the world does, the philosophy is, you know, like, what did, what did the, um, who's the, the quarterback for the Packers, uh, Rodgers, or he, he, he had to make a decision whether or not he's going to retire, so he went and he's doing this, this sweat tent or something where he just, you know, smokes in darkness for how many days and four days, yeah. That's peace, I guess. That's not Jesus' peace. Notice then, too, how do we get this peace? We get it through the Holy Spirit. But you don't get the Holy Spirit in this sense unless there is trust, belief, love, and obedience. We play a role in getting God's peace. We, we have to, to be obedient. We have to put ourselves in place. God, if you're not doing your part, you're not going to have peace. It's not like you can just go and download some peace or order some on Instacart or, or just life is crazy, someone delivers at the door. That's not how it works. We're in fellowship with God, and that brings peace. Verse 28, close with this. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have what? Rejoiced, because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now, I'm assuming that I wasn't that abnormal of a child, growing up Christian child, maybe a little bit, but, but most kids, like, heaven is just way out there, and, and there's really not a lot of joy in thinking about heaven. In fact, I think the older you get, the more joy you find in heaven, because I want to experience everything here on earth first before I go there. 
But the idea is, as we look at a sinful, broken, fallen world, and when Jesus says, there, I got the future taken care of, that should bring us joy. It should be something to say, yay, Jesus, which leads to worship, which leads to this, like, more trust, and, and these things become cyclical. He says, you would have rejoiced, you know, if you love me, because I'm going to the Father, and that's a good thing. The Father is greater than I am. It's the opposite of gloom. A lot of Christians are just like, we're losing the battle, and we just, we're, you know, like, like we're losing the schools, and we're losing, we're losing, we're a bunch of losers. No, we're not. Put your eyes on Jesus. He's got it. He's in charge. You and I aren't going to change this culture. Okay, we, we, we need to be faithful in our little circles of influence, care for each other, love each other, believe all this stuff that's right here, and just let him take care of the rest of it. And passages like this, I mean, I'd be freaked out if I'm a disciple. Like, where are you going, Jesus? Verse 29, I've, now I've told you before it takes place, so that when all this takes place, you may do What? Believe. He said that when, when uh, Judas was betraying him, too, or that, that was announcing that. You're going to believe because of that. And he says, I will no longer touch, talk much with you. Okay? I'm putting my phone on, on vibrate. You're not going to be able to get a hold of me here. For the ruler of this world is coming. Who's that? No. Satan. Satan. It's already come. Where is it? Where's Satan now, according to the last chapter? And hanging out with Judas. He says, but, but he has no claim on me. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I get my marching orders because I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. So let me just ask you this morning. Fear or trust? Cynicism, doubt, or belief. Division, fighting, bickering, or love. You could add worship to that too because there's that vertical piece. Pleasure, just numbing ourselves from the, the, the horrors of the world right now, or, or are we going to obey? Gloom or joy? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? You know, we take communion every week to keep our eyes on Jesus, to, to keep that, that's a focus on him. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to the table. Why don't you spend a few moments in prayer, and uh, our worship team's going to come up, and, and we're going to sing one of my top two songs of all time, It Is Well With My Soul. Just the reminder that um, we can only say or sing that because of truth that's in Scripture like this. So let me say a prayer. You come receive the elements and then we'll take them together. Father, um, thank you for Jesus' words here. Thank you for um, promises. Yes and amen. You're going to follow through. And you've done this and this and this and you're keeping to doing, keep on going and doing this, this and this. And God, we need your help. Would your spirit help us to trust?
to believe, to love each other, to obey, and to have joy. May you be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.